Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Come Follow Me, Disciples Journey. This episode will cover uh, Alma chapters 49 and 50. So, to start this episode, I wanted to jump right into chapter 49, and uh, for some reason, I don't really know why, I was going to start in verse 6. What we get is the Lamanites thinking that they are just going to win again because of their numbers. Now, remember back in chapters 43 and 44, they thought they were going to win because of their numbers. But when they showed up, Moroni had prepared the Nephite army with helmets, breastplates, and shields. And so they were protected, right? Well, and if you recall, Zarahemna in chapter 44 said, no, it's not your God that saved you. It's because you had your armor. So now they're thinking, all right, what we're going to do here is we're going to show up with armor, plus all of our numbers. There's no way they can win. But remember, Second Kings chapter 6, that they that be with us are more than they that be with them. When we're on the Lord's side, the odds don't matter. Remember, uh, Alma chapter 2, the, the Lamanites were numbered as if, as the, as it were, the sands of the sea, and yet they lost. Uh, back in Mosiah chapters 10 and, uh, 10 and 11, the, uh, Zenith, he, him, he and his people were outnumbered, but they, the Lamanites knew nothing about the workings and dealings of God. Uh, think of first Nephi chapter three, that Laman and Lemuel are like, how are we going to get the, the brass plates from Laban, he can command 50, yeah, he can slay 50. Why not? And then why not us? Odds don't matter when we're with the Lord. And in fact, he oftentimes puts us in situations where the odds are not in our favor so that he can show forth his power and so that we can testify of his power. It's why he uh, delivers us in the way that he does oftentimes is so that we can stand as witnesses of him and for him. So now backtrack a little bit here. Start in verse 6. Some more context. Remember, as we've studied this week, that we learned uh, Amalekiah, he appointed, and, and it started it started really with Zarahemna even, but you know the dissenters were the people who uh, were put in charge and given leadership positions in the Lamanite army. Uh, this gave them an edge, they felt, not only because they hated the Nephites the most and could stir up their, their troops and their men to anger, but also because they would know the ins and outs of Nephite uh, customs and the Nephite military. And so they show up thinking, we've got all these numbers, we've got our, our we know their game, we know their playbook, we, are, we used to be part of their team. So what we're going to do is we're going to show up and it's going to be easy because just like man for man, we're just going to overpower them. But uh, they showed up and it said to their uttermost astonishment, they were prepared for them in a manner which never had been known among the children of Lehi. Now they were prepared for the Lamanites to battle after the manner of instructions of Moroni, their leader. Again, Moroni had given them this instruction. And when we talk about what we can learn from these chapters, replace that, replace the leader with Christ or with the prophet, right? What what instruction 
does President Nelson giving us uh, for battle so that we... Uh, so he says, they were prepared to battle after the manner of instructions of Moroni. So if we were to ask the question, uh, what instructions... If we were to ask the question, what instructions has President Nelson given us so that we are prepared to battle, how would we answer that? How would you answer that? Uh, right? So, these, in this way, by asking that those types of questions, when, when Moroni is mentioned in his leadership, swap out for President Nelson. Swap out for Christ in the direction he has given you in your life. And say, okay, what can I learn here? Um... And I think that by doing that, you'll see that there is there's plenty to glean from these chapters. Okay, so where did the Lamanite army go first? They showed up at Ammonihah. Why would they go there? Well, it's a city that they've already destroyed. So listen, listen. In my last episode, I went over some of the Lamanite history, right? And in the last 20 years, as in terms of where we are in the Book of Mormon, right, the Lamanites had lost three different times at least to the Nephites and had suffered defeat. And each time it, they, they had the upper hand in, in the number of men, what they didn't have was God on their side and they were not fighting for the right cause. Right? So here they are. Amalekiah has got his, his dissenters in leadership positions. And they're saying, all right, we need a confidence booster here, guys. So they get together and they say, what can, what do we know about the Nephites? Well, we know that Ammonihah has been destroyed before, recently. So why don't we go there? Uh, that'll be easy. That'll be, you know, just like a nice slam dunk win for us. And that'll get us really just going. That'll get us cooking. We'll feel real good about ourselves. And we'll get some momentum moving into this. So they show up at Ammonihah. And Moroni has bolstered and made it a, f- a fortress. And it's strong. And they... They see it from a distance and think, uh, just kidding. How about not that one? Not that one? Okay. Everyone else? Let's go a different one? So they bounce and they leave. And so then there's they get together and they say, all right, all right. What's the next best place, guys? We know. Oh, yeah. Remember the, the city of Noah? That was a weak city. We, we could take Noah. It's let's Maybe we, we set our sights too high on Ammonihah. Let's go. Just one down. You know, we'll get the, the confidence. So they show up at Noah, and Moroni had made Noah even stronger than Ammonihah. Why? Because he he was a man who was in tune with the spirit and was guided. Uh, and so he had, even though Noah had hitherto been a weak place, he by the means of it says by the means of Moroni he had strengthened it. And now. Uh, Moroni had done that because he th- he thought, you know what's going to happen is these Lamanites are going to show up to Ammonihah. They're going to get afraid. The next closest place in another weak city was Noah. They're going to come over here. So he predicted that that was going to happen, that they would see Ammonihah, move to Noah. Problem with the Lamanites is they had made an, an oath to each other that the next city they got to is like, yeah, no, no, yeah, not this one, but the next one. We all, I promise, swear, 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 oath, oath. So they're like, oh, we can't back out now. We've we've done this, and you know we've made this oath. So uh, they show up, and they're now they're kind of they've gotten themselves in a between a rock and hard place. They've got to attack. Before I tell you the rest of the story here and go through it, I want to point out that uh, something that Moroni does is 
has echoes of Ether chapter 12 that the Lord gives us weaknesses, right? To show, and so that we um, can learn to be humble. And then when we come to the Lord, he makes weak things strong. Summarizing Ether chapter 12. That's what Noah, or excuse me, that's what Moroni has done. He's taken something weak and made it a strength. Again, another way in which Moroni is a type of Christ. And I think of these cities. Oftentimes when I do my reading and my studying through these chapters, I think of the cities as as spiritual gifts or Christ-like attributes. Um, And you'll see in in the next uh, couple chapters where they actually lose a city and it becomes a stronghold for the Lamanites and they have to get it back, but it's a stronghold. So it's it's difficult. And I, so like I said, oftentimes I think of these as spiritual gifts or as Christ-like attributes, things that are given to us, our talents and our abilities. If we come unto the Lord and are, and are humble, the Lord will make weak things strong. Like Moroni made weak cities strengths. But if we're not careful, those strengths, those attributes can be used for wickedness. We can use our talents, see Amalekiah, see Nehor and uh, Korhor and uh, any Zeezrom that they used their abilities of speech and to relate to other people. These abilities they used it for for wickedness, and they were powerful tools, right? That that's the way Satan wants to work. Satan wants to to use the the abilities and that we have and that we've cultivated and that the Lord has given us, and he wants to make them strengths for him, and that can happen. If we're not careful. Um, and so just another way in which I like to read through these and, uh, and apply some of the things and lessons into my life and trying to say, okay, what do they do? How did they, how did they build it? How did they maintain it? So just another thought that, uh, that I wanted to share with you. Uh, and so they get to Noah, we'll go back to the story and I'm like, all right, we have to attack. But when they see who's leading the army for the Nephites in the city of Noah, it's Lehi. They had fought Lehi back in chapters 43 and 44. He had fought alongside Moroni. He was part of the the, the crew that had surrounded Zarahemna and their army. Uh, so the people who fought in that battle and as well as the dissenters recognized Lehi as being not one whit behind Moroni. We'll learn about that later on. Um, that he basically was a man like Moroni. And so not only is, is he a great man, but a great military leader. So they're afraid. And I love this verse. It says, And now, behold, it came to pass that when the Lamanites had found that Lehi commanded the city, they were again disappointed, for they feared Lehi exceedingly. But then it says, Nevertheless, their chief captains had sworn an oath to attack the city. Therefore, they brought up their armies. But they were afraid when they saw Lehi. And the question this makes me ask myself is, do I make the enemy frightened? When I wake up, does Satan say, uh-oh, he's awake? When I walk into a room, do his uh, the enemies of righteousness and the, uh, the rulers of the darkness of this world unseen, are they afraid because of, because of the light that I carry? And I, I mean, I think that's something for us all to strive for, right? That Lehi, just by the, his presence, struck fear in the Lamanites. So, what happens? Well, uh, they had prepared Noah so well, the city of Noah, that they barely, the Nephites just like 
destroy these guys like fairly easily. They they have these towers built up, um, and they are prepared a body of their strongest men with their swords and their slings to smite down all who should attempt to come to their place of security. There's these like towers, and they would just like just destroy these guys. And um, it, I mean, really was not even a contest. So uh, I think now is a good time to describe some of the things that Moroni had done to fortify cities. Uh, it's described a little bit in chapter 49 and then in the beginning of chapter 50. And so what they had done is they had dug these ditches. So they built walls, right? And then in front of the walls, they had dug these ditches. And then they had cast up the dirt from the ditch. So the Lamanites had to come up over a bank. Now they're exposed and then down into a ditch. And now they're so much lower than this fence. And then they built these this, these walls up real high with pickets on them. And they built towers up high where men could be stationed. And so while so the Lamanites are just down in this ditch, right? And they can't get up. They can't even shoot their slings and arrows up high enough. Um, and so they're just sitting ducks down there and then the lamb, the Nephites would ju- like, would toss rocks down. They'd shoot their throw arrows, shoot and throw arrows da- down at them. They would, uh, ch- like just chuck big rocks at them and s- squash them. Like they're just sitting ducks. And so, um, so it says upon the tops of these ridges of earth, he caused that there should be timbers, yea, workmen's works of timbers built up to the height of a man round about the cities. And he caused that upon those works of timbers, there should be a frame of pickets built up. Uh, upon the timbers round about, and they were strong and high. And then he caused the towers to be erected that overlooked the pickets and uh, to be built upon those towers. The stones and the arrows of Lamanites could not hurt them. And that they were prepared that they could cast stones from the top thereof according to their pleasure and strength and slay him who would attempt to approach. So back in chapter 49, same type of thing. The Lamanites realizing they can't, they can't even reach him, so they start to try to dig down, to, to, to dig these... Uh, to fill in the the pit that's been dug so that they have a better chance here because uh, because they're down in the ditch they got to come back up this ridge and then there's a, these pickets and so they're like hey maybe if we start just throwing dirt back into the, these pits so that it's a flat surface we'll, we'll be at less disadvantage but now they're busy trying to do that and while they're doing that the Nephites are just picking them off and it says that instead of filling it up they ended up filling up the the ditch with their dead bodies because it was just like such a massacre. And, uh, there are only a few Nephites who were even harmed in this battle. Uh, so great defeat and Malachi is really mad and he swears in his vengeance and curses God. And again, back in the the last episode, I talked about this and the, the contrast between Malachi and Malachi cursing God and, and Moroni constantly praising God and, and teaching his people to have faith. Um, and then there, it says, it ends like this, it came to pass that on the other hand, the people of Nephi did thank the Lord, their God, because of his matchless power, where again, where did that come from? It came from their leaders. And we're about to learn this. And there was continual peace among them and exceedingly great prosperity in the church because of their heed and diligence, which they gave unto the word of God, who taught them that, which was declared unto them by Helaman and Shiblon and Coriantin. Remember Coriantin. How great is that, right? It's the son who was the wayward son. But he was there teaching them about repentance and about faith in Jesus Christ and about the atonement. And because they gave heed to that word, they gave thanks to God and praised him. 
And there's this great divide between the Lamanites and Nephites, and it comes from the top. It came from their leaders teaching them, and then it came from them, the individuals, choosing to follow. But I think it's awesome. If we go back, even something I wanted to point out um, as we got to this verse, all men were and ever were and ever would be like unto Moroni, right? We remember that verse in chapter 48. But what kind of man was he like? Well, he was even as the sons of Mosiah and also Alma and his sons, for they were all men of God. That seems to include Corianton. Just like his father, he had repented and had been redeemed because of the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He had made an about face and returned to the fold. And that's the power and beauty of the atonement of Jesus Christ, that it offers us that ability to to repent and come back into the fold and, and receive the blessings that we otherwise would have received. So, uh, chapter 50, the 49, the Lamanites suffer this great loss. And what does Mor- Moroni do? He continues, he says, that was a great idea. That strategy worked brilliantly. So he begins fortifying all these other cities, we get this description of of how he does it uh, and wh- how he um, builds these strong these strongholds. So now we're going to get something in verse seven that's worth pointing out in terms of the geography again. Remember, Zarahemla is in the north. The Nephite land is in the north. Lamanite land is in the south. It runs east to west. Okay, there's a sea on the west and a sea on the east around them. Uh, where we've been right now. And where we are still going to be for a little bit, there's going to be something happening soon in another place. But where we've been mostly is on the east side of, of Zarahemla, on the east side of the lame, of the Nephite land. So over on the east side, you have Jershon, and to the south of Jershon is Antionum. So in Jershon is where the anti-Nephi-Lehi's are, just south of that is Antionum, which is where the Zoramites were. Um, and it says that they were able to drive the these people south. So it sounds like to me, that they drove them even out of Antionum because they drove them uh, into the wilderness and into their own lands, which were south of the land of Zerhemla. So they drive them, they drive them out, they push back, they push back the the front line, as it were. And so Moroni starts to build some fortifications in this area, and uh, and the, it says, and thus he cut off all the strongholds of the Lamanites in the east wilderness, and also on the west, fortifying the line between the Nephites and Lamanites. So he He's fortifying these line, this line and try, trying to draw a hard line so that uh, if the, Nephi, the Lamanites were to try to come again, they would meet these, these strongholds uh, from the west to, to the east, all the way across a, a line from west to east. Uh, verse 12 is an interesting verse to me. It says that the Moroni's armies did increase daily because of the assurance of protection. As people started seeing Moroni's genius and his guidance, they started joining and flocking. Which is a good thing, and I'm not going to say it's a bad thing at all. What I'm going to say is, I want to be, and and this is for me alone. I want to be one who joins, who joins early, who doesn't need the assurance of of the of saying, oh yeah, yep, I see it. Oh okay, it is working. I believe now. I want to believe early. Uh, I think we all do. I think we all want to join early, and it can be hard sometimes. But I want to join that fight with Christ early. And not be uh, one of the later uh, signees. I don't know what's the what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, recruits. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, and not that they're. And again, but it. The, the, when I say that now, I think of the parable of the, of the laborers that Christ that tells. Right. That 
the when they were hired in the morning and the, in the midday and the evening and the time came, the, the master paid them all the same. And uh, that's the way the Lord will work. But when I read that verse, I think I just want to, I want to be someone who has the faith in Christ to, to join, to join early, uh, essentially. Uh, so continuing on, they start to build a new city, uh, a couple new cities actually. Uh, and one of them is the city of Moroni. Sorry, that's my fault. I looked at my notes wrong. It's not Moroni. It's called Nephiha, uh, which is, you know, that's the name of the current chief judge at this time, by the way, as a reminder. Um, and they built another city, and they were building another city, and they called it Lehi. So these cities uh, are next to each other, and they are on the north of the land, okay. So, but they're they're up in Nephite land, and things are all looking okay. The Lamanites have kind of withdrawn. They've got this hard line that they've that Moroni's been able to build, and it says, "And thus we see how merciful and just are the dealings of the Lord to the to the fulfilling of all His words on the children of men. Yea, we can behold at this time His words are verified, even at this time which He spake unto Lehi, saying." And then He reiterates, and Mormon tells us it's it's the promise that He gave to, Mor- to Lehi. If you keep my commandments, you'll be blessed and you'll prosper. And what's interesting here is that uh, this is wartime and things are looking okay, right? But it says in verse 21, we learn why did they ever have any of these problems? Because it had been for their quarrelings and their contentions, their murderings and their plundings, their idolatry, their whoredoms, their abominations, which were brought were among themselves, which brought upon them their wars and their destructions. We choose this. We choose it. And it, this is one of the reasons that, uh, you know, we believe that societies bring upon their own destruction by their moral choices. Um, and again, I go back to the, the story of Nephi and Lehi and their family in the wilderness in the Liahona. And what, what they sometimes just didn't listen and they tarried longer in the wilderness than they needed to. And we do the same thing to us, to ourselves. The choices that we make bring upon us it's a, their abominations which are among them, which brought upon them their wars and their destructions. We do that in our own lives. But then Mormon points out something very interesting here. There's this wartime and there's been these contentions. And what do we have? There never was a happier time among the people of Nephi since the days of Nephi. Uh, than in the days of Moroni. Moroni brought happiness. Why? Because you have Moroni and you have Helaman. You have good leaders teaching true doctrine and true principles, letting the people govern themselves. And these people are following and they're being obedient. And obedience brings happiness. It may not bring worldly prosperity and wealth and fame and whatever, but obedience to the word of the Lord always brings happiness. In fact, obedience is happiness. It is uh, that is that is inextricably they are inextricably twined together. Uh, so then what do we have here? We got a guy named Moron. Just kidding, Morianton, who um they have they have a dispute. A, there's a land dispute basically between uh Lehi and so the cities of uh, there's those new cities that had been made. So remember, the, the city of Lehi had been created, and there's this place called Morianton. And uh, 
this guy named Morianton was like, hey, you guys took some of my city, and it becomes, they start to fight with one another. They didn't, they didn't go to, like, killing yet, but there was some contention. And Morianton was going to just bounce and go and join the Lamanites. And, uh, but he, he was not a very kind man, and he beat one of his servants. And so she fled over to the camp of Moroni and tells him what they're going to do. And so the armies go and they head them off. This is where we introduce to uh, one of my favorite characters, Tiankum. And Tiankum gives battle to the people of Morianton. And uh, Tiankum slays Morianton. They defeat his, the army and they bring them back. And it says, Thus were the people of Morianton brought back and upon their covenanting to keep peace, they are restored to the land of Morianton. So they make them do the same promise that these. Uh, the people that they, when Malachi and his people were going to, you know, split off, say, look, we'll let you go back and inhabit your land. You're you're free and be free men if you will covenant to defend freedom. If you covenant to defend our land and our rights and our religion. And they just let him go back. Um, at this time, uh, Nephi Ha dies and he is replaced. So, again, we're going to have something interesting here. A change, a change in power. Uh, a new leader, and what's that going to lead to? So Nephiha's son, Pahoran, is appointed the chief judge. And as we get into chapter 51, you'll see this is where we get the king men who want a king again. It's not, you know, they just keep going back to this. It's only been uh, six or seven years since Amalekiah's last attempt at this. And, but again, why is it happening? It's a shift in power. And so there's these people saying, oh, that we... Right now, when things are kind of unstable, that's when we can claim this power and pull the, and grab this power. So, uh, that's that's it for chapter 49 and 50. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you'll uh, join me in the next episode as we wrap up this week's uh, Come Follow Me study with chapters 51 and 52.